great to have you here. How good's this? What a great morning so far. How good is that? Josh is just doing a bit of editing on my um, message. He read it earlier. I thought, nah, we've got to cut that out. No, I'm only joking. I'm only kidding. It's a little bit of a technical glitch. But we'll get there. How are we all going? Good? Yeah? Yeah? What a great set of worship. I thought it was awesome. Thank you so much, God. Wow. How good is that? You're up there, champ? Good on you. Awesome. That was a good feeling. I don't know what he's written here, but anyway, let's give it a crack. Uh, welcome to Eastlake. Great to have you here. And um, it's my privilege today to bring our uh, message, and it's the first in our series of what is the gospel. And what a great uh, question that is, really. I think it's a really good question because I think a lot of us don't really understand and know the, the gospel in its entirety. We know in some part, but not in all. See, it's a good question for us to ask, and that is, what is the gospel? Because many Christians don't really know the gospel. They know it, as I said, in part, but today we're going to unpack it a little bit more so we understand it, so we can really speak it into people's life in its fullness. Maybe you are not completely sure of what the gospel is beyond your own experience of salvation. You know that, oh, I'm saved, but that you don't really know the gospel in its entirety. Maybe for you or for many others, the gospel is what we hear or we need to hear so that we can be saved. Yet even the idea of being saved, what does that mean, really? How about we pray? Thank you, God. We just thank you for this moment and this time of eternity that we are here today to hear from you your word and your will regarding to what is the gospel. And Father God, I pray and ask for every mind and every heart right now and for the rest of this day and this week, God, that there would be an anointing by your Holy Spirit that would work into people's lives so that so much so that they would have a revealing to themselves by your Spirit through Jesus a revealing of what the gospel really is and how they can communicate the message of your gospel to the world, wherever they are. I pray that would be just released into people's lives right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And they all said, Amen. 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 The gospel, the word gospel itself comes from the Anglo-Saxon word of God's spell which literally means, as we would know, good news. Yet in history, the purpose of the gospel has been, for whatever reason, under some critical or differing beliefs and speculation. Yet I just love the idea of John, the writer of the gospel, his gospel, when he asks the question, and it's got no speculation around it. But in his gospel, he clearly states what I would say the best purpose statement in all of the scripture. It's in this passage in John chapter 20, verse 31, message version. These are written down so that you will believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and in the act of believing, have real and eternal life in the way he personally revealed it. The key word there is believe, and it's found almost a hundred times in John's gospel. And at the very core, at the very heart of the gospel is this good news that Christ died. We've heard it from Chris today already, that our sins have been paid for and Jesus has been raised to life again from the dead. But what makes the good news is this, 
is part of this is that Christ's death accomplished a perfect righteousness and before God, he suffered a perfect condemnation from God. Both the righteousness and the condemnation of which was accounted as ours are now upon Christ and his cross. See, you know, we can receive this rightness now with God through faith alone. Why? Why would we want this? Well, I'd say, why? Because so we can have eternal life with God. We know this, don't we, really, for many of us. Some of us don't, though. We, we want this. We, want, we pray this prayer. Oh, we confess. Yeah, I want to believe in you, Jesus. I want to follow you, Jesus. And now we're saved. But there's a lot more to the gospel than just that. So eternal life is a part of the gospel. And this is why, this is why we should experience God. We should know him more. We should enjoy him much more because now we are becoming more like him. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news. At the cost of God, the father's son, father's son's life was crucified. See, God has done everything necessary to enthrall you with what will make you eternally and ever increasingly happy. Namely, by knowing himself and loving him, being with him and knowing him without fear, yet being full always with hope. See, the gospel is the good news of our final and full enjoyment with God. The fact that this enjoyment had to be purchased for sinners at the costs of Christ's life makes it more glorious and his grace shines all the more brightly and gloriously. But see, the price paid for the gift and the unmerited favor and freedom of the gift are not really the ultimate gift. For the ultimate gift is Christ himself. The ultimate gift is Jesus, the glorious image of God, seen and savoured with everlasting joy for those who remain in faith and hope in him. I just love this passage. Oh, I get a bit excited. Sorry, I've got to settle down. So take it easy, as you haven't been up here for a while. Awesome. 1 Corinthians 15 and 3 to 4 in the New Living Translation. What a great passage. I passed on to you what was most important and what had been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. See, the gospel of Jesus Christ addresses the lostness of the human heart. For in our own pursuit, it will end up empty, lonely, and unfulfilled, and always wanting more, yet your heart will never be satisfied. It is in the destination of your life, that is, in your body and in your mind, living what you describe as your life, where Scripture refers to that as being your false self. It does not ultimately bring you satisfaction. See, in the Bible, 
In Scripture, especially in the New Testament, there's this idea, there's this communication, there's this message about the false self, the old self. And then, though, in the same light, there is this other message, and that is there is this true self. See, there's this difference between the oldest, the Adam and Eve, to who we are now in Christ. And this true self is the one that God has for you to be able to communicate to the world. And it's about who you are. Why do we do this? Why do we ultimately search for satisfaction? Because that natural disposition of your heart is what it wants is to be satisfied and fulfilled by desire to satisfy who? Yourself. To please yourself. Now, this is a positive message, all right? Don't back off now. You know, just think, oh, gee, thanks, Az. Really appreciate your ministry today. But this is true. See, we, we can confuse the gospel when we confuse it with it all about ourselves. It's all about us. We want to be comfortable. We want to please ourselves. We want to be secure. Whatever it might be. Jeremiah, in chapter 17 and verse 9, he recognized this disease of the false self as such. In Jeremiah 17 and 9, it says... The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. What an encouraging word, Jeremiah. Gee, love you, Jeremiah. Mate, you've got a great message for us, you know. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really, who really knows how bad it is? Wow. So you've got to know where you're starting from. You've got to know where your starting point is. You've got to know where your base is so that you can move from that base to get to this base where Christ wants you, where the purposes of God are for you so that you can actually live through Jesus and make known the gospel to the world, your world. Don't think of the world as a global thing. Oh, how am I going to do that? No, this is about you and your community, about your neighbour, it's about your work, it's about your life, it's about wherever people are in your life. That's your world. That's your world. See, because without the gospel of Jesus living and vibrantly expressing itself in and through you, the false self is and will continually be violating the purposes of God that he has created you for. Because the false self wants us all about the self. And you'll be missing out on what Christ has provided through the cross for you. This purpose that the God the Father has always made you to have and to become. You'll miss that out if you go into your false self. But when you realize your true self, true self in Christ, oh, shimmy be shimmy. It's good. It's good. <sighs> Slow down, as. It's all good, mate. See, your Father in heaven has created you for a relationship with Himself. How good is that? And for your sacred true self to be seen. Through Christ's character in you. This is important. This is really important when we're going to know the gospel. What is the gospel? We're it. We should be. Therefore, Jesus needs to be seen to be believed. See, in our lostness, in our self-centered pursuits, in your blindness, in your brokenness, in your gain for fulfillment, because we, we, we get lost without God. For God is why you exist. We need to chase after God. God is why you were created. God is the fulfillment of your life. God is the source of your 
life. God is the very purpose of your life. This is the message of the gospel. Simply, the gospel is good news, yet its fullness is a lot deeper in its description. So how do we communicate the gospel? I've told you just what the gospel is in a few minutes. But how do we communicate it now? I think this is a bit of a stumbling block here. Sometimes we get, oh, yeah, I believe in the gospel. I was talking to a mate this morning, you know, sitting there in the second row. We're having a bit of a chat about, yeah, the gospel, yeah, this is awesome, you know, blah, blah, blah. But how many of us actually step over the line of faith and say, Jesus, I'm here to reach the world? I'm here to make known this message that is far more than we probably understand. I'll lay my life down, God, for you. Oh, sorry, settle down, as. Well, there's six elements I'd like to share today that are essential in making known the gospel to people who are not yet become followers of Jesus. And it doesn't take long to do this, but the impact when done well is incredible, incredible. The first part, the essential part of the gospel is this. The gospel is a plan. If you're writing notes, get your iPhone out or whatever, whack it on there, don't do a Samsung, just get an iPhone and use that. The go- <laughs> Sorry, I'm sponsored. Um, the gospel is... Oh, it's good money. Um, the shares went right up um, because of me. Um, the gospel is the plan for eternity. The gospel is a plan for eternity. And, when we, and we can say this because Paul, as I said in that scripture earlier, 1 Corinthians 15, but this is a plan because it's described as according to the scriptures. There's something that God is doing, or done, I should say, already in the past. Because it's according to not only the New Testament scriptures, but the Old Testament scriptures. The gospel started in the Garden of Eden, and it will finish in God. Which means, when it's according to the scripture, it means something before, significant, significantly led us to this plan. Therefore, God set this plan of redemption. This is you talking to your friends. And forgiveness. He set it up through grace and mercy well before it ever happened for you to need it. The second element, the second element of communicating the gospel is this. The gospel is an event. The gospel is an event in history. And that event was, and you should be able to remember this one, Christ died. Christ died. So the gospel is a plan for eternity. The second part is, the gospel is an event in history. The event is Christ died. The third element of the gospel in sharing the gospel. The gospel is an achievement. The gospel is an achievement. In and through that event, Christ died, of something that happened between the Son and the Father, namely... Sins were paid for and righteousness was completed through Jesus' obedience to death. Therefore, a perfect obedience was achieved and a perfect guilt offering was achieved and paid for. Isn't it good when somebody says, hey, listen, as, mate, I'm going to buy you um, a new house. I'd go, gee, thanks, mate. That's awesome. But the house never came. But see, what happened here is it actually got paid for, your sins, your life. That got paid for. It's just one thing to say, yes, oh, I promise, I promise. But to actually make the promise, come into real life, 
Well, that's a different story, isn't it? And that's what the gospel is about. We are the gospel carriers, and we are the ones to be able to not say, oh, yeah, you, you know, you can have a great life with Jesus, and you can be saved. That's all okay, but there's a lot more to it because you've got to go over the line and express it to other people. Because the gospel is not just all about you. It's about you reaching others. So where was I? I was got a bit lost. Sorry, Josh. Namely, sins were paid for ritual. Good, roughly. Beautiful. That was really... <laughs> ah, you're a good man, love you. The gospel, number four, number four, number four. The fourth element is to communicate. The gospel is extended in a free offer through faith alone to the world. For if the offer was not free, there would be no gospel. It is if it was by our works or by our deeds and not by your faith in God's redemptive plan, there would be no gospel for you. Fifth essential element of sharing the gospel. The gospel is to be an application of the achievement. That is, God gives the world the offer of living by faith and not by works and deeds. What a relief for our lives. Trying to gain righteousness or rightness or friendship or kindness with God through works and deeds. Senseless. Why? Because faith is what God gives you in your heart to receive and to believe. This is about you, yes, but it's about you talking to others about Jesus. By faith, you are forgiven. By faith. God has done a lot before now in your life and a lot before me in my life. Now, through God's plan and the gospel, I am to place my faith in that achievement so that I can receive by faith that I am forgiven. And now, by application of my faith, my putting my trust to believe that I am justified through grace and mercy, I am a follower. This is essential because if these things don't happen to me, there is no gospel. Therefore, it is essential to have an application of an achievement. This is often where the church and, and Christians and maybe, like I was saying earlier, trying to provoke a little bit of tension that we don't really understand or comprehend the fullness needed in sharing the message to somebody's life. Because often we stop our conversation right here where we say, oh, you know, you're now a follower of Jesus. And, they, and the person goes, oh, I'm, they're feeling and thinking, I'm forgiven, I'm justified, I'm saved. And you know what, I, I, I've talked to people about that word saved in that context over the years. And they say, what am I saved from? You, you know what I mean? What am I saved to? You know, they don't really get it. They're like, well, what are you talking about? It's Christianese. It's a whole new language. That's the first time they've heard it. The third time. I remember when I went to this church. It was not this church, but a church. It was, it was reasonably similar, similar to this church. And I, my first thought was, and if you're new here today, I'm with you. What a wacko bunch. You know? And then I'm, I'm the first one. Shindy, God, you know, I love my hands. I always think, oh, God, you recognize who I am through these hands. You know these prints. You know these fingerprints. You know who this is. You know this heart. You know this mind. You know this person. You know his brokenness. You know his frailty. But you know he loves you. 
loves you very much. He wants more of you and more of you and more of you and more of you. At that point of communicating the gospel, we often stop at forgiveness. And with a heart and a head full of good intentions, we say to the world, God made a plan. God sent his son. Christ died for you. Your forgiveness was achieved. So you can now receive salvation by faith. It is offered. Take it by faith. Now you have received salvation through Jesus' death and resurrection. You have eternal life. You are saved. But there's something missing. Because why am I saved? Why forgiveness? What is that for? Well, don't. do I want to be forgiven because I want forgiveness because I have done bad things? This is what new Christians or non-Christians or even you. This relates to all of us. Why forgiveness? Maybe it's because I I haven't done enough good things. I need forgiveness. Because this is what people are coming to Jesus for. I haven't done enough good things, so I need to believe in Jesus. You know, that kind of thing. Or maybe it's, uh, why forgiveness? I have a feeling of guilt and shame, so therefore uh, I want and I need forgiveness. When you're talking to your friend, this is what began through their soul. I want forgiveness because I'd, I'd feel good if I knew that I was forgiven. And instead of feeling that I've, I've got this guilty person within me. See, we want forgiveness for these reasons and a whole lot more. Instead of saying, we could say this or you could say this to your friend, to your loved one, to your brother. Oh, my heart breaks for my family. Sorry, hold on. 1 Peter 3.18, it says this. Just say this, Christ suffered. Wow, stop there for a second. For our sins once, for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. Thank you, God, for that. The sixth element of communicating the gospel is the gospel is all about God. All about God. It's not so much about you. It's all about God. Remember that. It's all about God. The gospel all started with God in the Garden of Eden. And it is essential that you know that anyone you are talking to about the gospel knows that it's all about God. If they leave and you leave them saved and you've told them all about your story and they haven't really known a lot about God, we've missed the gospel. You and I are forgiven and justified to bring each of us and many more to God. God is our treasure of great price. You know, pearl on the ground. Ooh. My forgiveness is not the end. My justification isn't the end. My going to heaven isn't the end. My getting a new body in heaven isn't the end. All of that is means. Means to what? The gospel is the means to seeing God, to experiencing God, to knowing God, to being with God, knowing that you're completely loved, knowing that you're completely accepted, knowing that you're satisfied in God alone. Him being more glorified in and through me because I am now eternally and completely satisfied in God. Wow. Oh, yeah, me, I need a coffee. This means, what this all means is, 
that your life and your character are essential in the gospel. Your life is a message. Your life is a message. And you're living your character, which is attached to your inner being, your values, your expression of yourself, is essential because people will be watching you, knowing of you, hearing of you. And what are they doing? What are they hearing? Because falling in love with your Father, your heavenly Father, through Christ's sacrifice on that cross and by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can change. The Holy Spirit is to be in you and growing in you so that your life is becoming more and more like Jesus. This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Somebody who has a magnetism about them. Somebody who has this vibe about them. Somebody who somebody else wants to follow. I've heard many people say, I was at work and they said, oh, um, are you a Christian? See, people, people can pick it up. Your character is pretty obvious. The gospel requires disciples of Jesus to be displaying internal, an internal explosion of faith and an expression of God's plan. It's God's event, Christ died. Christ the Son with the Father achieved that event. That is, sins forgiven, sins paid for. Hallelujah. The perfect obedience was achieved and a perfect guilt offering was paid for. God came into history for you. Don't stop there. That's just a pause. God came into history for you so that you would be going into history in your future, moving into the lives of others. You and I are to embrace the gospel's central figure and his name is Jesus. Embrace the truth. You can still tell your friends this. Embrace the truth in Scripture. Embrace the truth that Jesus rose again on the third day. Believe that Jesus Christ is the righteous one, the Son of God who died to pay the price and for, for the sin's effects upon our life. Forgiveness keeps you in good standing with God and others, which comes through faith in God alone. James 5.20, what a great passage of Scripture. The band could come up now, that'd be wonderful. James 5.20, it says this, You can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. If ever you want to read a, a great writer, uh, he's a flawed individual and he's very open about it. But his writings are just unbelievably inspiring and encouraging. Brennan Manning, Brennan Manning is his name. Brendan Manning said this, God, is, and God has a single relentless stance toward us. He loves us. He is the only God man has ever heard of who loves sinners, and I am one of them. How good's that? You know? This week, this week, how did you think about this week? How did you come to know the gospel of Jesus? You know, for me, it was simply an invite. 
was simply somebody invited me. And I'd like to challenge us this week to, to go beyond. And, and, and don't hear me out. Pray, pray that you would be able to communicate the gospel in its entirety to somebody else this week. But not just this week, this month, this year, continually. But don't just stop at prayer. Don't just stop at prayer like, oh, yeah, I'm on my knees. I've, I've actually got calluses on my knees. I'm praying for the lost. I'm praying for the lost. Well, maybe the next idea is movement. Get involved in the life. Become a friend, a nice person, a kind person. Love on them, like Josh has been doing and Lee's been doing through the whole initiatives of Love My Mandra. Do that. Do that, but get close. Proximity matters. Proximity matters how close you are with others. And then step over the line and start talking to them about Jesus. And it may just start with an invitation. Come, come as you are. Come as you are. I invited a lady. She came a few weeks ago, a month or so ago. Josh bumped into her again, had another conversation with her. How good is that? She's on a journey. And we're going we're gonna to pray, yes, for that. Well, Josh might talk to her more. I might talk to her more. Somebody else might talk to her more about Jesus. So this week, this week, how about you set a task to yourself to invite somebody? Just invite somebody to church. And then allow the Holy Spirit to move into their lives. The Holy Spirit start triggering things in their lives that why they need this forgiveness in the presence of God. I'd like to read to you from Romans 8, and I'd ask you to close your eyes and just bow your heads and just hear it, if you don't mind. That'd be great. Those who enter into Christ's being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous, low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a fated lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. God went for the jugular when He sent His own Son. He didn't deal with the problem as something remote and unimportant. In His Son, Jesus, He personally took on the human condition, entered the disordered mess of struggling in humanity in order to set it right once and for all. The law code, weakened as it always was by fractured human nature, could never have done that. Could never have done. If you are here today and you know or you sense that you need to walk a closer life with God so that your character can be reformed to become more like Jesus. I'd like to invite you to the front today, to the altar. If you are here today and you haven't said yes to Jesus or you have and you've walked away I want to invite you to the front but for those of us here who know that we need for the first time to say God I want to experience those elements in my life and I want to put my faith in that only can come by your spirit my faith in 
who you are and who Jesus is and what he has done. So I'm going to ask in a moment, this is just one way that we at Eastlake describe an opportunity for you to be able to express an inner decision that you're making to follow God, to become a Christian, to actually become a Christian means to be a follower. And today, I want to, if you've never said, or you've never stepped over the line, you've never had somebody talk to you, and today you've heard this message, this gospel message, and there's something triggering, triggering you that like happened to me, and a lot of us here today, that caused us to say yes to Jesus and become a, a, devout, a devoted follower of Jesus. If that's you today, I want you in a moment to raise your hand. Others will come and stand in the front for those other two reasons, but for you today, I'm going to count to three in a moment and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand really, really high and just express that, yep, Aaron, that's me and I'll be looking. Everybody else, head bowed, eyes closed. Father God, we just thank you for this moment. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, just encourage and edify, comfort and exhort and counsel this people those that are sitting here and those that listen to this podcast unlimited are your resources of healing and forgiveness and today God move into people's lives this week give us the strength to witness on the count of three I'll ask you to raise your hand one two Three. Just raise your hand and recognize yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Just be happy. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Father God, for these people today, bless them. Secure them in yourself, God, that they may know you more and deeper. May they enjoy you for the rest of their days. In Jesus' name. And they all said, Amen. How about for those of you that I've said to you earlier, those other two, when we sing this song, that you come and stand here in the front, and I'm not sure if anybody will pray for you. You probably don't need that. You just come in the front and declare it to yourself that between you and God, I'd love you to do that. God bless you. Have a great week. Enjoy the journey of making known the gospel to others. Enjoy the journey. Don't be freaked out. Don't be scared. Spread that love. God bless you. Have a great week. See you later.